This podcast series is based on a book called Beyond Reasonable Greed, Why Sustainable Business is a Much Better Idea by Wayne Visser and Clem Sumter, read by myself, Wayne Visser. Scenarios Given the rules of the game and key uncertainties just described, we have two contrasting scenarios to illustrate how the future landscape of business and the world could turn out. As mentioned already, the actual outcome will partly depend on the options we choose over the coming decade. The two scenarios are oases in the desert and plains of the Serengeti. Remember, scenarios are stories of what can happen in the future. They're not forecasts of what is going to happen. Their purpose is to educate rather than prescribe. Oases in the Desert Oases in the Desert is where we end up if the lions continue on their path of ascendancy towards global domination. The scenario's oasis image points to pockets of plenty existing in the midst of a desert of deprivation. It is almost as if the excesses of water and lush greenery in the oasis have been sucked out of the rest of the landscape and accumulated in just a few spots. Some golf courses give one that impression. Generally, the scenario is the net result of the present lion's tendency to accumulate power and concentrate wealth in fewer and fewer hands. Or should that be pause? Additional consequences are that the majority of the world's population is pushed into a marginal existence and the natural environment is systematically degraded. Only the cats get fatter. Like black holes in astronomy, wealth becomes so condensed that it creates its own singularity of greed. All the money that flows into the lion's den never escapes. Those that are familiar with Frank Herbert's best-selling science fiction series, Dune, will have no difficulty imagining the scene. The story is set on the desert planet of Arrakis, the sole source of spice, which is a mineral on which the galactic population is dependent. The mercenary tycoons that control the spice control the universe, and they're not about to share their accrued benefits of power, wealth, and water with anybody else. At first, the Lion Kings, individuals, businesses, and politicians that have exploited the current global situation relentlessly for their own selfish gain, may revel in their opulence without concern. They will think that they are simply collecting their just reward for being superior players in the modern game of material gain. Most likely, their mesmerized fans will worship them as heroes. They will form exclusive clubs where only royalty is welcome so that they can show off their treasures to one another, strategize about how they can shape the destiny of the world, and reassure one another that they deserve everything they've got. Occasionally, they will fall out with one another and have trade wars, but they will never allow those differences to jeopardize their overall control. Their self-indulgent lives will lack only one thing, peace of mind. Because as everyone knows, water is a priceless commodity in the desert, and if you own and control the water supply, 
all those billions who are dying of thirst in the desert will do desperate things to gain access to the fountain or just to vent their stored-up hatred. They may even commit murder. Therefore, security will become a primary and constant concern for lions. High walls, alarm systems, bodyguards, hidden vaults, police investigators, secret escape tunnels, private armies, you name it, they will install and employ them. But they will never feel completely safe. Lingering in the background will always be the fear of the next crazed suicide bomber or undetected anthrax delivery. Of course, the Lion Kings will own what is left of the living environment. All the most pristine ecological reserves will be their exclusive playground. Their homes, their offices and their vehicles will be fitted with all the latest technological wizardry to insulate them from the pervasive pollution and saturation of toxins that incessantly plague the masses. And yet there will still be some things that they just can't buy or own or control. The unpredictable weather patterns will continue to be an expensive source of irritation, as will the seemingly random collapse of shares in their portfolio when the company or the industry in which they are invested is implicated in the latest health scare, fatal accident or environmental disaster. The era of the Lion Kings will not last forever and it will probably end with a bang or a squelch. As the vast majority of the world's population sees the gap ever-widening between their own poverty-ridden and environmentally degraded existence and the insular wealth of rich executives, large multinationals and first world countries, a global mass protest movement gathers momentum and becomes increasingly volatile and violent, eventually making the kingdom of the Lion King ungovernable. This popular discontent is exacerbated as ecosystems continue to topple like dominoes and the most vulnerable populations begin to suffer the ravages of pollution-induced disease. Terror strikes against lion countries as well as lion companies become more common, fueled by cultural and religious tensions. Ultimately, such developments lead to a chain reaction that descends into full-scale nuclear and biochemical warfare. A selection of oases meet their doomsdays ahead of schedule. You may recall our reference to butterfly wings causing the perfect storm if conditions are right, a tiny little thing triggering off a huge response. Plains of the Serengeti Plains of the Serengeti is where we head for if the lions realize that their game of domination has a no-win conclusion and voluntarily or begrudgingly begin shape-shifting into elephants. The scenario conjures up breathtaking images of the fertile plains of East Africa and the Great Rift Valley, teeming with wildlife, all living in a state of dynamic harmony with each other and the natural environment. A rich heritage of biological diversity exists, with even the predators finding their rightful place within the larger community of animals. Hence, although competition still takes place in the society, it is tempered by the more pervasive, cooperative tendency in nature, which ensures that a healthy balance is maintained. The smaller, more entrepreneurial animals flourish in this setting. 
The trail leading to the Serengeti requires that at various levels of society, from the individual through to the community, from business through to the economy, from politics through to global governance, a consensus emerges regarding new rules of the game that are in everyone's collective interest, including criteria for ecological sustainability and minimum equity requirements for social sustainability. As a consequence of these new governance principles, the sixth mass extinction of species and the poisoning of the environment are halted and reversed, and the formerly marginalized and disempowered sections of the world's population are given a fair stake in the global economy and the global society. Much of the success of the transition to a sustainable world has to do with the restructuring of the economy. The incentive mechanisms are redesigned in such a way that excessive accumulation of wealth and concentration of power are strongly discouraged. Negative impacts of the environment are prohibitively expensive, and meeting social needs is a primary condition for operating at any level in the economy. Money still exists, but shapeshifts into a multi-tiered commodity, with community currencies being created as and when required as a means of facilitating local exchange of goods. Modifications to the interest and discount rate mechanisms are devised, and speculation is heavily taxed. The main difference from the Lion Trail is that the economy is made to serve people and the environment, and not the other way around. Business still plays a critical role in the world, meeting people's needs with its products and services. But the power and influence that it previously had over global affairs is now subject to numerous social, environmental and ethical checks and balances. While an important purpose of companies remains the making of profits and the provision of a return to shareholders, their overall objective is widened to that of making a permanent contribution in the communities in which they operate. Work itself is seen as a means to an end, a space in which people can develop their potential, express their talents, and make a positive contribution to society. Survival is no longer dependent on having a formal job. Most places of work and living are digitally connected, with an emphasis on decentralizing as much authority as possible to employees and providing them with congenial surroundings. Among the fundamental principles that are embedded in society in this scenario are creative diversity, freedom with accountability, and the philosophy of holism. Although the technological revolution has continued apace and has greatly assisted with meeting human needs and ensuring ecological sustainability, this has to be matched by a revolution in the outlook of humans towards their planet. A new wave of discovery will be focused on understanding the physiology and psychology of healthy living systems, including all levels of human interaction, and developing the personal and social skills to build these systems effectively. However, given the fact that the actual Serengeti is home to both elephants and lions, it would be wrong to typecast a scenario named after it as an elephant heaven devoid of all lions, you will still have highly competitive companies operating in the line mode, but the rules of the park won't favor them anymore. Put another way, the Serengeti scenario contains digital satellite television with the lions watching Sport, CNN and Bloomberg, 
while the elephants prefer National Geographic and Discovery. But the younger generation will do more channel hopping and hopefully obtain a more balanced view of the world than their parents. Options. Having depicted the possible paths that the future can take in two mainline scenarios, we must now consider the options within the control of the principal actors which will increase or decrease the probabilities of each scenario materialising. We will concentrate on the options facing companies. Multi-level shape-shifting makes it essential to bring countries and individuals into the picture as well. At the business level, we have nominated the three options, Catwalk, Leo Fancy and the Charge of the Heavy Brigade. Catwalk. The first option for companies is to continue down the catwalk. In other words, it's business as usual with the lions on the prowl. Sustained pressure from shareholders and the sanctity of the profit motive will continue to drive towards greater efficiencies, the expansion into new markets and the accumulation of capital. Repeated mergers and acquisitions will be necessary to secure survival until eventually global industries are dominated by just a handful of multinational corporations. In order to facilitate the unrestricted operation of global companies and their access to potential markets, initiatives like the World Trade Organization and the Multilateral Agreement on Investments will be strongly supported. Any criticism of these global rules of trade will be called foul play, and an attempt to resist the leveling of the playing fields which are anything but level. The concept of stakeholders will be acknowledged, but a strict hierarchy of priority will be applied. Directors, shareholders and financial institutions will continue to take precedence over any other group. Employees and customers get the attention they need to ensure the successful sale of the company's products and services. Other groups, like government, communities, media and environmental or social activists, will be treated as necessary evils, to be negotiated with or influenced as and when required. A minimum level of charitable work and social and environmental contributions will be maintained to project the public image of a responsible corporate citizen. However, should any business decision require a trade-off between economic returns and social impacts or environmental degradation, the colour of money will always win the day. Corporate executives will rise to the status of kings in a changing landscape of growing disparity. For most business directors and line managers, their actions will remain within the boundaries of the law as they steadily accumulate great fortunes of wealth. Given the rules of the free market game, they will simply be regarded as extremely talented players who are collecting their hard-earned and well-deserved prize of gold. The plight of the world's poor and the steady decline in global environmental conditions will be seen as problems for government or the United Nations to take care of. After all, that's what taxes are for. Despite the waves of layoffs as industries consolidate, technologies improve and efficiencies go up, catwalk managers will continue to argue that their contribution steadily trickles down to benefit everyone. Whatever happens they consider this argument unassailable. To illustrate the catwalk option further, corporate responses to the climate change debate have been truly revealing. 
The biggest animals in the pride, including BP, Amoco, Chevron, Daimler Chrysler, ExxonMobil, Ford Motor Company, General Motors, Royal Dutch Shell and Texaco, initially gathered together under the umbrella of the Global Climate Coalition. The express objective of this grouping was to dispute and discredit the scientific basis of climate change and the global agreement being formulated to regulate greenhouse gas emissions, in other words, the Kyoto Protocol. And it comes as no surprise that these companies are massive emitters of greenhouse gases and that any regulation of this source of pollution would be extremely costly for them to implement. Interestingly, some of these lions have since shown signs of trimming their whiskers, which is a fitting introduction to the next option.